Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. Uh, this is a true story. Welcome to the world of Fargo. My name is Howell. My compadre Jamie is joining us shortly. The reason you have to wait for him tonight is he says because his father-in-law is there and he's waiting for him to leave. However, Jamie is a huge Wimbledon fan and has, as has just been pointed out to me, by our other guest tonight from London, very near Wimbledon, Matthew Wandless. Wimbledon is happening and there is a game on tenterhooks. Who is the game, Matthew, at the moment? Well, the game has literally just finished about 45 seconds ago. Okay, so if Jamie turns up in the next minute, right, (laughs) we know what's really happening. And I mean, he's a diehard Wimbledon fan. Really? Well, you'd have to be a diehard fan to really care about this match. I've never heard of either of these players. Right. Yeah, he is. Well, he is. I, I've just started a timer. If Jamie appears in the next minute, there's some serious questioning to be had. Um, tonight, though, we are talking about Fargo. Now, many moons ago, Matthew Wanless came on this podcast as a guinea pig. And if you've never heard this podcast before, it works like this. One or a number of us have only watched one episode of something... Uh, they'll be joined together with one or a number of us who have watched the entire series and are passionate about it. And it's our job to try and persuade that guinea pig to continue or at least to work out whether it's going to be for them, whether they should invest their time and get to the all-important fourth episode. So let's bear in mind now that Fargo is on its third season, it's back, um, and Matthew Wandless came on here months ago to talk about Fargo, the first season. He'd watched one episode what was the result of that podcast, Matt? Did we, did you say that you were going to continue watching Fargo? No, I I, I don't think I did. No, uh, and, I, and, I, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I didn't. I, I definitely didn't continue. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I, and I can't really remember why I didn't. It it just didn't grab me. Now we mentioned that we were doing Fargo this week, and Matthew Wanless's comment was Fargo. Ugh. Now. <laughs> Why why that comment? Let's see if we can do a better job tonight. <clears throat> why ugh? Why ugh? Yeah. Um, just because... Well, I, I, am I correct in thinking that this series has Ewan McGregor in it? That's correct. That's just... For me, that is just... I can't... I mean, obviously, I can think of worse things, you know, but for the sake of... Uh, <laughs> I, I really dislike uh, Ewan McGregor as an what? actor. What? Um, oh, really? Have, you, have, I not, have we not revealed this before? I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. The bucket of scorn is always close to hand with Matthew on this, but I can't remember it being poured on Ewan McGregor before. Why do you dislike Ewan McGregor? I just find him... Uh, I, I don't think I've ever believed him in, in, a, in a role. Okay. Um, and and obviously, like, can I? 
I think I should preface every episode that I do of this show with like, there is a base level of like admiration, respect and um, affinity that I feel with any actor or any creative who is, who has gotten to the point where they've made things. Yeah. Um, so when I, when I say this is with, it is with all due respect that I don't, <laughs> I don't think I've ever fully believed Ian McGregor in any role that I've seen him in. Um, I, I just, I, I just, he he just uh doesn't do it for me at all he um every time i see him he's got these big wide eyes mm. and i feel like they always look the same in every part that he plays mm. and he's just his so eyes crushingly earnest in his performance and it it, it 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 never rings true to me is it possible that this is uh akin to when people say oh tom hanks plays the same part in every film uh, the same no character. no no it's nothing to do with that because because hanks doesn't play the same character in every film and he's different hanks is brilliant but you know what i mean um, when people accuse people who are um they're not character actors in the sense of putting on a whole, whole different cloak they just extend themselves in slightly different directions every role i don't care if anyone if, if people do that it's if i i if they do that and they do it well, then I will. Uh, I'll, I'll love them. That's, I'm absolutely fine with that. Jim Carrey. Uh, sh- sure. They. Yeah. I you mean, like Jim Carrey. Not in everything. No. See, I'd I put think him in that same box. You see, but but in yeah, a different who, in a different way. You know. Okay. <laughs> but um, though for me, you uh, McGregor, it's. I, I don't think he does the same thing all the time. I just don't think he. I, I think he has the same fault in every performance that he does. <laughs> um. Oh God, I'm such a pompous man. What, how, how can I say that? But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but that, that's that, that's how I feel about my it. My job is so much easier when you insult yourself. It's kind of less know, fun though. <laughs> but um, what what was? I mean, I've seen him do some real turkeys. I mean, obviously he's uh, he's terrible as in, in the Star Wars films. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I really, the, fir- the first time I realised I really didn't like him was when everyone was going on about him in um, Moulin Rouge, right? And I and I watched that, and I was just like, just have a different facial expression at some point. But that's his face. That's his I know, face. Everyone's. I know everyone's stuck with a face howl, but everyone can pull different <laughs> expressions. <laughs> and that's how you convey how you're feeling. That's what. That's what you use. It's your. It's your TV screen. That's what. That's how you show yourself. I think when Satine dies in Moulin Rouge and Ewan McGregor loses his shit there is more than one expression being displayed and and they're very good i think he's great i love you mcgregor i oh, fair enough well and who and, and who am i to question that well um that's fair enough i i do get what you're saying about you mcgregor um my route into you mcgregor was this i went to drama school and a director that i worked with quite closely there and a bit afterwards had taught him at drama school and directed him in a couple of things and jamie is ready and jamie is ready and the clock says right we can stop stalling we can stop six stalling. minutes um, we can stop this aimless filler um, about Ian McGregor. <laughs> but i felt like i always saw him as somebody from a different drama school who had managed to start making these huge things and that in a way, when I watch him, I see him as like a chancer, like all of us, who's done it 
and done it well. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I haven't achieved enough. this. You know? What drama school did you go to, Howell? Rose Bruford College of Speech. Oh, and really? Drama. Okay. Just, just, I know that. Do, uh, hello, Jamie. Hi. Oh, my God. Have I called you Are mobile? Are you by uh, the side of a road? I've called you I'm mobile. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, you've called my mobile, yeah. Oh. Well, then I'll try another the way. Try another way. The Skype's updating on my phone, so that Brilliant. might be why it called. Brilliant. You're useless. Yeah. yeah. Have you been watching the tennis, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? No, I've been at the meal. I'm literally walking back from the meal here. Walk, walking back why, from the pub. The tennis? Pub where the tennis is on, yeah? Nothing. Oh, what, what, there, what's happening in the tennis? Nothing. Speak to you. Howell's accusing you of... Um, <laughs> of... <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, now he's going to be Googling... Wimbledon instead of answering the phone to us. Um, uh, anyway, that's how I see you, McGregor, and and I uh, see him as one of those actors who just extend themselves. And and I suppose because I've watched all of Long Way Round with him and Charlie Borman and Long Way Down and all of that. Uh, have you seen? No, did you watch any of those documentaries? No, I see. Well, I think you should watch those, especially the first one, Long Way Round. It's just a brilliant adventure documentary. And um, and in a way, when you know him, you, you see that he's got a lot of energy. Like, he's a very charming, very energetic guy. And whenever I've seen him acting as a result, I've thought, oh, he's toning himself down a lot. Which I, I think it, the energy... Grief, really. He's actually toned up from his performances Big when time. he's in real life. Big time. And I don't think I would be able to stand him. Uh, not in an annoying Whoa. way, just in a, we, in a oh. super friendly way. He's just a very nice guy, super nice guy, and funny, and a bit rock and roll and all that. Um, and I think it comes out of his eyes. I think that's why you've got a problem with his eyes. Um Jamie, um, yeah, Jamie, you're hearing it correctly. I'm opening the podcast by slagging oh, off critically and popularly oh. acclaimed actor Ewan McGregor. Uh, he, Listen, I'm not saying. Can I just step in here? Yeah, uh, Ewan, right? I'm not saying Ewan McGregor is one of my favourite actors. I'm not even saying I think he's a very, very good actor. I am, but I think he's he's very good in this. Like, I think he's very good. I well, only watched one episode, by the way. Oh, God. Right. Well, That's I... one more than I've watched, Jamie. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> if you remember, Jamie, Matt was here watching the first series, but he only watched episode one. He still has only watched episode one. Matt has just kindly been the only one of our box set podders who's, who's volunteered themselves tonight. So, um, but, but I think this makes for interesting listening because... Um, Firstly, your issue with Hugh McGregor is made more funny because in this Fargo, he's playing twin brothers. You get two <laughs> Ewans. You get double, double McGregor. <laughs> and I'll say this, Jamie, I don't know if you agree by this point. I think yeah. it adds to his acting chops that I genuinely forget that it's two, yes. that it's not two different actors. It's not just well, a will, wig. Yeah. Um, I, I've only watched two episodes, one episode, sorry, but I, I think it's a really like I, I accepted immediately that these were two separate. Mm. Like it, originally, like the first scene when you see the, the different versions of Ewan, there is a sort of you do kind of check out the prosthetics and the makeup. Yeah, but for a moment, kind of, I actually said, "Oh, that's Ewan McGregor!" Like I, I bought it as a different <laughs> character first. Right. Okay. I I knew I knew immediately, but. Once they have their their scene, they have this scene together very early on in the first episode. 
you forget and that from that point on it feels very natural mm. very accepted and just very like I, I mean i think this is i didn't i'm gonna say i didn't like the second series of fargo i know that that was <gasps> the one that a lot of people loved my mum and dad loved it. They were going on about how Kirsten Dunst was amazing and all this. And I agree, it was a good one, but I loved the first series of Fargo. And I think, I feel like this one has started really well. Like it's really funny, but dark. And it has that edge that I really liked about the first series. Mm. What they've gone with. I, I'm going to jump straight to my kind of conclusion here because I think it might help stimulate so, yeah. debate, right? But. I this is one of my favorite series that I've ever watched Fargo series 3. And I'll tell you for why. You you both know that recently on the podcast we've discussed three particular things that are kind of recurring discussions with us in the modern world of box sets. One is pace. One is cliffhangers in order to stretch a series out into another series, into another season. And whodunits, right? To hang stuff on. Now, what the Coen brothers and the writer whose name escapes me, who's brilliant, what they've done with this is they've created a pattern to the story. It begins with the title, This is a True Story, which it's not. In this series, they've dropped the true word, so it fades out. It just says, this is a story, which is nice. Um... But the producers stepping in there. <laughs> but they have <laughs> followed the same idea, which is a very Coen Brothers thing, which is that a character makes a decision and in a very darkly comic, farcical way, um, more and more shit's thrown at them until um, something really bad happens and probably most of the cast will die in some way by the end of it. Now, that pattern solves my whodunit thing because it's like, I know what is going to happen... Um, I'm, I know who's done something and now the joy of this is watching just like a football game I know that it will be 90 minutes potentially with some extra time on top right? um, so the, the rules are set out from the beginning if you like by the time you get to series 3 um, the pace as a result doesn't have to worry about the next series so the pace is only as slow as it needs to be and the pace is so well judged. Um, it, it's slightly better than some Coen Brothers stuff is paced, I think. Um, it's it's beautifully shot. Almost every shot you can pause. And the cinematography, it's like they must have taken a week just to set up that this shot of this door with the light coming through it at night. And, like, it's beautiful cinematography. The acting is always brilliant. The Fargo accent is, is great. Um, even Hugh McGregor does 90% well on that, and he's not the best at accents. And so it, it solves... It's always me. nice to have a funny accent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it solves, for me, just naturally by its nature, by its form, it solves all of the issues that I've been having recently about uh, eking things out and teasing me too much and all of that. It's a fun thing to watch in the same way that the popcorn stuff that we talk about is fun to watch in the same way you might watch Star Trek and you know there's going to be a little fable and it'll be wrapped up by the end. Well, it's not popcorn, but it has that same, okay, I know what I'm getting myself in for, mixed with the high quality that we're seeing in, in those things we've discussed recently, like Handmaid's Tale and things like that. that the, the level of 
perfectionism over the shooting of it is just brilliant. And I, I would put it down, and, and the best thing for you, Matt, is that, and for anybody listening who hasn't seen the first two series, is take your pick. You don't need to watch the other two series. You can yeah, just that's true. start on this one, you know, um, which we're only sort of five or six episodes into at the moment as it's released in the UK. I don't know what happens yet. But it's just so much fun. And it, it's great, again, to see something that is both fun and really artistically sound, you know, has a great uh, integrity to it. That's my sell to you, Matthew. And I think it's evident from episode one, Jamie. I think so. Too. I think like you made some good points in there. I think I, I want to go back to the accent because I think it's really important. Like one of the biggest things about Fargo, the film and the series that they like, that it's, the, that it's about is like real, the reality of criminals and, mm. and crime and murderers is the, that it's they're sad. not like some kind of, yeah, they're sad yeah. and, they're sort of like they're not Bond villains. They're like kind of pathetic people who have <laughs> pathetic mo- motives. And mm. and what's great about Fargo is the accent. The accent immediately like pricks at the you know the danger and the uh, the, the idea that these people are malevolent kind of horrible forces. You see them for the sort of like in this ho- in this really sort of sad and kind of comedic accent. Mm. It really takes away almost the seriousness of some of the dark and the darkness of the show, but it kind of mixes really well. And, mm. you know, I mean, the guy who's taken over the process of creating the, the show, uh, I've forgotten his name now, but mm. he he's done an amazing job of like keeping that theme and, mm. and expressing it over a, over a series. And, and Fargo and a lot of Coen Brothers material would work well over the series of a TV show because it's so there's so much depth to it. Yeah. I've always thought that they could do that with a lot of different films. Yeah. Miller's Crossing would make a great film. Yeah, uh, quite TV often show. the depth outweighs the plot because you can't kind of have both yes, in yeah, a film. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that 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 you almost like you want to stay in their worlds quite a lot more than you get a chance to. Mm. And and uh, and they can be disappointing endings at times, but at the same time you really enjoy the journey. So it's, it's when you it's, say that the endings are disappointing, are you talking about the films or the TV shows? Sorry, yeah, the films, yeah, not the TV series. No, mm, okay. the TV, the TV shows actually give. It's actually they pull it off really well. Like you said, they sometimes do it almost better than the. It's like the. It's like doing Cohen Brothers better than the Cohen. It's like you know, um, yeah. Steve Coogan is working with these two Gibbon brothers and a lot of his yeah. Partridge stuff now. Yeah, and it's the best it's stuff like, I've ever done. The best stuff he's done is Scissor Isle. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and that's the Gibbons brothers pretty much doing a lot. Um, a lot. Obviously, yeah. Steve's involved. It's kind of fan fiction like, by really yes. talented fans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's the same process with Fargo in a way that you've got someone who really gets them, is really talented. And knows how to deliver what they do in the form of a TV show really, really well. So it's it's brilliant. And um, Matt, the added uh, the the added carrot for you on this one is that David Thewlis plays the bad guy in it. Um, this almost mythical bad guy, and I don't know what the mythic. Maybe one of you two knows. I have in the back of my mind there is a mythical creature, or a number of them who who can't eat. Food is doesn't go in. It's like they represent death or whatever. Anyway, what? Um, there's a mythical creature in 
uh, in classic stories that that can't eat that doesn't eat because it represents like death and stuff and i can't remember what it is anyway he hmm, he's okay. playing this kind of um character and uh it's another sign where like if you didn't know and clearly i don't but if you didn't know about mythical creatures it doesn't matter it's just that the the depth that goes beneath this is not it's comic and it's dramatic as well um and and he's brilliant david thews is just brilliant and again playing a character that is like the other ones like with the fargo accent and like you mcgregor's characters it would be really interesting to see what you think of it, Matt, because I think the comic edge of it, they are quite exaggerated characters. And I can imagine people going, oh, I don't quite buy this guy because it's too ridiculous. But the backdrop and and the world that surrounds them and the depth that they play it, I think, isn't ridiculous. It's kind of really well studied and really well thought out. Um, and it's just a series that's attracting really decent, names if you respect you McGregor and <laughs> certainly David Thewlis <laughs> David Thewlis is a man who's had a phenomenal career of picking great stuff to to be in you know um, and yeah it's it's just it's just got everything it's got atmosphere it's horror it's comedy it's drama it's just oh, I love it so much it's it really is I would swap all of the things we've talked about for about the last 20 weeks just to save Fargo, you know. If I was getting on a spaceship, it would win out of all of them. I just love wow. it. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. I, I mean, think you'd really enjoy it, Matt, because you're a, a, oh, a yeah. dramatist. It's it's an actor's dream, Matt. This would, you, you'd love to be uh, in a show like Fargo. Thanks. I would love to be in any single one of the shows <laughs> that we've ever talked about. <laughs> Absolutely including the ones that I have uh, not liked. to be in Chuck. <laughs> I would give my right arm to be in Chuck. That would be great. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Um, what else? What else? Matt, ask us questions. Uh, uh, how likely is it you're going to go and get more for and, and watch this? I don't know, man. I don't know. There's something about these. I don't know what it is. And I, I, I actually, I think what has gone a long way to hurting your cause mm. is how much my dad enjoys these shows. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with your dad? Can I just say that is the <laughs> that is the dad. finest example of a snob, right? He's going. I won't try this food because I've just seen him eat it. <laughs> no, but like, dad, dad and I, we we used to get on so well with our with our taste yeah and in the last i guess it's been a slow burn over about 10 years mm. i've just stopped respecting his choices <laughs> <laughs> how about this and you watch fargo and if you enjoy it we do an episode where we call your dad and we, oh, we capture the yes. moment where you once again rekindle basically well, what is beautiful. gone which is the love between i'm not saying her. it's not that we never agree on anything now it's mm, just that just don't love him i, anymore. I, I don't tr- <laughs> I love him very much but i don't trust his uh judgment on films television and books but surely it's possible that it's found a wide audience and is awesome isn't it it's, uh, hang on, no, you're misreading me entirely. I'm not, I, I like plenty of things that are popular. It's specifically my dad. <laughs> what, what, what was the breaking point, Matt? What was the book, film, or yeah. TV show that t- tipped the, the the edge? 
He's a big Jack Reacher fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Jack Reacher's great. But he fun. doesn't like. But he doesn't like the films. Oh. Okay. And I absolutely love the first Jack Reacher film. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> great fun. Freaking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you have, have you read the book? No. Well, well then, then, how many, how many read, people? How many people read a watch, little bit of the book? How many people I read, read enough books? of the book? How many people you read, read books the and book. then say that they didn't like the film because they've read the book? I mean, that's just everybody says that. So come on, what was the second thing after that? That's just a I mean, novel versus film. Oh, all right, okay. Uh, he's just every book that he's recommended to me has. I'm just this is turning to me slagging off my dad. Now. <laughs> Um, he just like he's just into murder mysteries and and they're just like he used to read real books I love your dad Uh, I would like to say if we can get your dad to listen to this if you want to adopt me and disown Matt you sound exactly my kind of guy actually I tell you I tell you the one that that broke it actually was when I lent him have have either of you read The Corrections by Jonathan Franzen no it's one of the best books I've ever read and uh and 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 Dad never finished it because he said it, he yeah. kept falling asleep. <laughs> See, I, I knew it would be that way round. I knew it wasn't going to be that your yeah. dad uh, your dad loved you know um, Home and Away or, or Baywatch. It's the map was slighted. It was going to be. It was going to be that the way round where you recommended something and he <laughs> and he stepped on your toe. He, <laughs> he hurt your pride and didn't finish the book and that's that's why you're angry with him <laughs> no but also he, he kept on going on about the uh, I mean this, we're not going to agree on this either but he kept on going on about the Scandi Noirs yeah. you know it's like every time I asked him what me and him and my stepmom were watching it was always some other bullshit Swedish thing yeah. <laughs> um, that ultimately was about a murder mm. and someone solving it. Yeah, they just they just fell into a pit of detective drama. Well, yeah, but I, I think that that's we've kind of discussed this before. Um, but I think I felt that way about those things as well. And I think, firstly, as with everything, if you didn't watch them, we should shut the fuck up. But also, <laughs> it was a time that was the first wave of really great kind of alternative to mainstream TV for people like your parents and my parents, because my parents were the same. Suddenly they found access to something that really was very different from watching Only Fools and Horses or whatever is the modern equivalent. Um, so just because they liked it, then it doesn't mean, I, I mean, I, I would say Fargo is better than all of that and probably benefits from that having existed. You know, we've learned from, uh, the writers have learned from, everything that's come before. Uh, it's just that, in a way, your dad was first on the bandwagon. He was the trendsetter. And you couldn't mm. deal with that. You couldn't deal with your dad being cooler than what, you. With him and everyone else having a big so murder you pushed it deep down in yourself and turned it into hatred. And now you haven't spoken for ten years. Well, I think you're a terrible son. We work together. Oh, Oh, <laughs> he's my boss. Yeah, so really? you have to talk to him. Eh? Oh. <laughs> uh, he's also the, he's also our, our number one source of childcare. So uh, right, so you better show you know, him. Has he um, has he ever listened to one of these podcasts? He has actually. Yeah, we listened to one on the way back from the Cotswolds recently. Um, it was the one about. 
which one was it? I picked one where I thought I was particularly good. <laughs> which, please tell us which one it was. Yeah, I, I can't know. remember now. Um, I really can't. I wish I could remember. Oh. Maybe no, it wasn't the one about girls. Um, it might have been the one about girls, actually. And was he sat there going, Matt, it's a comedy. <laughs> no, hang on. No, it wasn't that one because it was something that he likes and that I like as well and Ooh. that you guys didn't like. Oh, oh. bonding. I wish I could remember what it was. Mm, let it come to you. We need to know. Mm. He didn't like you much, Howell. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's normal. See, it's easy he, to he, hate cats. Here. I was actually very proud of him when he um he he made an observation that I would have made. Well, about this is you, gonna hurt. <laughs> this is gonna hurt. No, no, no. Go no, on. I can't remember what it was, but he basically oh, it, you you were off on one of your metaphors. Yeah. And he said he doesn't know what he's talking about, does he? <laughs> well, it'd be absolutely right. Like, that's used as an insult to people, but in my case, it's actually true that I'll have forgotten what I was on about halfway through. Yeah, you forgot your point. Yeah, yeah so fair, fair play to him. Yeah. Now, um, you know what? I'll, I'll give Fargo a crack. I'll give Fargo a crack. I'm, I'm watching a, a couple of things at the moment, but um, I haven't got anything major on the go. And, uh, and I've be, finished Glow, so... It would be a shame if you missed it before it, it left um, all four, because I... I really do. Oh, is it only on there for a while, is it? Yeah. And I, I think if you, if you call it something else in your head, whatever baggage you bring to it about you, McGregor, and that, try and start with a blank slate because it, I, I, I would have put you down as a man of taste. And this is for people of taste. I think. Okay. I think. Is it I better sh- than Breaking Bad? Do you know that's oh. it? How interesting you should say that. I, I just watched the episode called Better Call Saul of Breaking Bad the other day just to see how different the character is. And, and I've started like late night when I'm working on stuff. I've, put, I've started putting it on again. It's great, Breaking Bad, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, it's, it, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's hard. Actually, it's an interesting comparison because mm. there's a like dark comedic element mm. of yeah, the, Breaking Bad. It's better second uh, time Breaking Bad, I think, because of that. You you notice how much shtick is going on between him and uh, Jesse much, much more yeah. because because you, the stakes aren't as terrifying for you. You're not so worried about what's going to happen. You know? mm, I always found their relationship deeply frustrating. Mm, because he did, wasn't... Because they didn't get on in... Is it because they didn't, like... They, they, I'm watching it again now. I think once you've set something up, because Jesse was supposed to be just in the first series, and then they liked him so much mm. they kept him. And if you bear really? that in mind, you go, well, they've got to stick to the idea, the initial sell, that Brian Cranston's character is going to get nastier and nastier, right? Once you decide that Jesse has to remain within that, then you've got this difficult thing, because actually, in any other series and actually in life, he would have gained great affection, not just occasional episodic affection but great affection for this guy for his partner but you can't you can't because he's got to turn on him and he's got to be cruel to everybody and i think that's the difficult thing in their relationship so the episode i've just watched is when they go out to the desert and the car the van breaks down and they do bond they fall out loads but they survive and he finds out he's not dying of cancer as in the same episode and you really get this like you want them to hug and kiss kind of thing. And from that point on, traditionally, they would have been bosom buddies, but they can't. They have to keep driving this wedge between them. I think that's the problem. Mm. He doesn't know what he's talking about anymore. Like, <laughs> no, no. no, no. Um, I, I thought, I thought you, you kept focused on that one. Yeah, I was kind yeah. of focused. Uh, I'm just thinking about your dad listening now. Um, 
Um, he doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> so, is it better than Breaking Bad? Well, no, no, it's not. I mean, it's oh, not yeah. better than that, but it doesn't necessarily. Uh, well, we that. know, Jamie, that you, you you've got a, a, an unjustifiable love for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. So, I just appreciate uh, quality storytelling. We don't want to do this again, you, do we, Jamie? Know, no, but the thing is, <laughs> I've thought, I mean, I, I, I clearly, I know I lost that argument. And, uh, and I've been thinking about lots of different points since that <laughs> argument, and it's been annoying me. But You I'm want another go? You want another no, go? I'm not ready. I'm not. Ready. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's have another go. Look, no, 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 we're not going to have another go. Good I have them written time. down. I don't have them on me. I want them on me before I start. <laughs> well, that ruins one. the I game. Baited. Have you have you kept on with the Handmaid's Tale? By the way, yes, yes, very good. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. It's what. It's very, very good, isn't it? It's just so sad. Like every episode, you kind of end it and go. Oh, this is horrible. But again, world. again, oh, I haven't felt that so much because I feel like now that they're done setting up the world and they're just letting the characters run, mm-hmm. it's more about the kind of the intrigue rather than just the uh, the, the bludgeoning bleakness of it all. Well, I've just, yeah, like, it's, no, it's, it's a suspense thriller now. I've just that started on yeah. where they've gone to. I've I've only just started the latest episode, so I'll just give you. I'll talk in vague terms. And I haven't seen the, this week's. So I haven't ne- seen okay. neither have I. Well, this week they've kind of gone to an alternative storyline, somebody else's storyline, and again, I cannot escape my argument of stretching things out. I it, it reeks to me, and to go back to. And I still love it. I still love it. I just go, I know what you're doing here. Whereas What argument of stretching things out? You didn't make any argument about stretching things out. What the hell is going on? That's all I talked about on the Handmaid's Tale one. That, that you talked about it being slow. Yeah, but because they are um, eyeing up a second series, whereas a novel, the novel, it, it goes slower than the novel reads because the novel knows... That it right. Oh, okay. To write Sorry, a I thought you novel. meant using suspense to stretch something out, which is something no. you mentioned at the start of this podcast. Right. Okay. No, more, more just that it's like, oh, and now we'll follow the plot of the bread loaf in the kitchen because. We <laughs> Do you really the... feel they're taking too long over stuff? Yes, um, but but, oh, but I, I couldn't disagree more. That's a small yes. I, it's a it's a really small yes. I, again, I want to say I think it's brilliant and I love it and it's great. But to bring it back to Fargo, Fargo does not ever do that, even though it's very Coen Brothers, and they do that a lot. They're not... It's like um, that you, you are kept moving at a pace that I don't think signifies that it's trying to earn another series out of it or get a certain number of episodes. And Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Yeah, there, And I think is. that that, Jamie, is where Breaking Bad loses to Fargo because of like the example that I've just said about their relationship it it is brilliant writing it surprises you all the time it's great but you know that it has to keep surprising you and keep surprising you and there's going to be five series probably they've got the long game in mind all the time with Fargo it's a short game in mind but with high quality and we don't see that anywhere name for me one other TV series that has completely different stories in every series True Detective all right, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and Black Mirror, um, but yeah, that's episodic. Yeah. But other than those three, name one for. <laughs> no, I, and 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 you can't. But I don't always see that as a as a as a positive. Like I like th- following a story over, and I and I get Fargo. What Fargo's doing is doing it very well, 
and I'm a fan of it, but to criticise the idea of doing every series as a separate story, mm-hmm. I do find it a little bit like I lose engagement and I have to reset with a new series. I didn't necessarily start this series. I only, in fact, I only started this series because of the podcast. Right. I wouldn't probably have even started it because right. I wasn't that enamored with the last series or i did enjoy but not to the extent that i did enjoy the first series Mm, mm. so i was like well it's a new story great it's got ewan mcgregor who i don't mind but i'm kind of nonplussed about i wonder if you'd enjoy uh, the second series now going back knowing what the game is do you know what i mean like mm. i i found the second series slow to get going but a lot of that was me in my head going are they gonna weave back in the characters from the first series and Mm. so there was a certain frustration and letdown with it but actually, as a whole, when you think back to the plot and what happens in it, and especially that crazy, surprising moment in it and stuff, mm. it's just brilliant. It's just it's such delightful, brilliantly made TV. I cannot wait to watch the next well, one. Well, that, that that was what was good about... I watched the, the first episode episode one last night, and I was, I, it did remind me, like, oh, you know what? This is really good. This mm. is actually made by people who know how to like really craft a really clever story with brilliant characters yeah. and i do love like i love the, the that world and i do love like the um the sort of the 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 effort they make and i, I and you, you really get into sort of the the gritty world and the plots that they create are wonderful yeah but i i, I, did, I matt, forgot the, that matt stone and trey parker and the coen brothers are like two sides of the same coin aren't they in that they don't have to make anything so there isn't the producer pressure there isn't the need to kind of uh you know they they genuinely only get involved with stuff when they it interests them and they've exec produced this and they've put the name to it and they've put the name of Fargo to it. And it's and it just feels like something that is made with true integrity. That there isn't there it isn't something that's like Handmaid's Tale that is nonetheless brilliantly made and brilliantly acted, but you know that there's a big machine that's going, Oh, we need this to uh, move on to the next series. It's like it's just got that feel of like, hey, do you want to come to an art gallery and look at some fucking amazing pictures? It's like that. But I, I mean, sorry, I, I can only really talk about the handmade stuff because I haven't seen Fargo. But mm. sure, surely they've gone. The book is this long, and it's going to take us three series to do. Well, if they, yeah, uh, but if they have, they're still. It's the same thing. I mean, I, I, do, I I'm not implying right, that because because there's you're you're talking about two things with a finite story. One is longer. I'm not talking. I'm not implying that Handmaid's Tales improvised every week and they're going <laughs> make it last longer. I just think a story sometimes there is a, a rhythm. You prefer short stories. Well, I think that a, a novel has a certain internal rhythm for the reader and this what they're doing is transposing something into three novels that's what it feels like i'm talking about feelings here but it, yeah, it feels mean, like it's three novels when it should be one in some cases yeah the bbc it, it, could do it in in three parts it wouldn't be as good but there's a middle ground there's potentially a middle ground of less fewer episodes which uh, the american networks wouldn't go for and you're saying this without having seen the full series or read the novel? Yeah, I could just feel it. It's just like <laughs> I could just feel it. How just much feel it in my bones? How much has really happened? My thumbs tingle, and I know. 
<laughs> I think that the, there is there is a problem with the show if you are noticing that if you feel like they're deliberately slowing things down, then obviously the show isn't working completely for you. Otherwise, that's not because that isn't the aim. They want you to feel like you're enjoying the kind of journey, however slow it might be, and you're not noticing the the the, the maybe that they are stretching certain parts of the book out even yeah. if you've not read the book, you know. So if you're noticing that, there is something flawed in the actual storytelling for you anyway. For me. Isn't there? I, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'm not saying that about other things that are slow, certainly not The Wire, which is arguably a slow thing. It's a slow burn. Um, it's. I don't watch that and go, okay, we get it. And I think it's because The Wire isn't and, and Fargo isn't. They're not um, imagined dystopian futures where we're saying where we're saying, um, now look at how things could become, right? Now, when you do that, you've got a certain amount of mileage, I think, that is before before an audience may get fatigued. You need to draw conclusions as to how we can solve, fight, avoid this dystopian future. And we haven't received any of those, or not much of that kind of... Uh, how to escape this prison we haven't really uh, achieved any of that within f- six episodes and i think in uh, in less free worlds it would have benefited on network tv for example <clears throat> it might be awful for lots of reasons that we love it but it would have benefited from that it would have benefited from get to you know, solve that quicker. So it's this particular type of story that I feel that, that that is the reason why you feel it's so miserable, Jamie. Your description of it is it's so sad and de- miserable. I think something that's really sad and miserable has to have an element of hope that works as fast as the misery, you know, as, as the misery goes deep. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, and I do have some, like, my I'm clinging to the hope that, Elizabeth Moss's character is going to find a way out of this situation, and um, I think, by the way, Elizabeth Moss is amazing. Like she's brilliant oh, in it as well. Um, and like, uh, but but yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I do think that um, the show's strength is though that it, it it kind of feels like one of the biggest strengths of the show is that you go, holy shit, this isn't that. This is only like a couple of degrees from the way our society could go. Yeah, and you know, that thought doesn't last very long. That thought can can last half an episode. Now, once mm. you've got that, once you've got that point... It depends you, on your attention span, doesn't it? Well, you... No, it depends on your Or your, your willingness to investigate an idea. Oh, I, I'm willing to investigate it. It's just, it's just that the, the... It's the difference between... I used to hate, at drama school especially, I, I used to hate things that wallowed in something that was very sad. It's the difference between allowing an audience to feel and experience some misery as part of a story and actually making an audience miserable. Now, they're very different things. And in my book, um, entertainment and stuff that has a point to it like this shouldn't actually just make Jamie fucking suicidal every episode. It It should crack on in some way other than that and it it so it feels i, I don't think it, it does I, I think that's completely uh like just very smeary with how you're talking about it because Says the man who said ewan mcgregor's eyes annoy him <laughs> 
smeary. Well, they, 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 they do. I'm not saying everything he does annoys me, but, uh, or, or that he's incapable of doing good things. But um, uh, they, they, they find what they do is they, they make it about the things that you. Um, it's relative, isn't it? The, the, the things that make her feel good now. In yes. this world, are relative to the things that made her feel good in 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 the previous world. I get that. And the the little glances and the little pieces of contact between her and Nick, yeah, um, become these inc- incredible uh, romantic crescendos. Yeah, and I I think that's uh that that's really uh re- really brilliant, and it's a real commitment to the world. I, and I'm not saying that we're driving forty on the motorway. I'm saying we're driving sixty five, and I'm going look. You can just, you can make us feel slightly, I'm saying that perhaps the reason that we're not going 70 is something to do with the fact that people are making a program that they want it to last for another series. That's all I'm saying. I don't know, I don't know. Do you, are I'm you not saying at that, that stage. You, like, you have I, no I, problem with, with the weight in Jamie's case or the pace in my case, however we describe it. You, you have no criticism of that in The Handmaid's Tale, Matt. No, I think it's pretty much perfect. Wow. Do you, do you think, is this for you, Matt? Is this the like most perfect show you've ever seen? No, no, it's, but, but, but it's, uh, it's, it's up there though. I, and I, and I said that last, when we talked about it last time, I said, it's the best thing I've, I've seen for, for ages. Mm. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, this is just going to show how far I've, apart a we are in our, in what we like the most, Go on. but the, the, the things that we've talked about, that have been that you know that have been produced in the time where the show has been happening that I've liked the most have been yeah uh, the Handmaid's Tale and Transparent. Well, yeah, but I didn't I didn't go beyond episode one of Transparent, and I was probably way too harsh on it. I, th- I I can see its merits already. I might have enjoyed it. And again, I'm talking about I, I'm really you know of all the criticisms I make of things, I'm talking about something that's quite subtle with this because I'm loving it. I think it's brilliant. I do. I, I think it's an amazing piece of TV. It's just that when I watch Fargo, I at no point feel like the author's hand is getting too obvious to me. And that can happen with Coen Brothers films, actually, where you can go, okay. You know, even The Big Lebowski, which is one of my favourite films ever, The Big Lebowski can be quite hard work to sit and watch it in a whole sitting because it's very long. There's about 20 plots in and out of each other. And uh, so sometimes their sort of authorage can be just a little bit too heavy. And and in this case, it just feels, because it's such a an imagined future, it's almost, well, it's science fiction almost, isn't it? It's like, uh, like all good science fiction, it's got a big, big metaphorical points going on and big philosophical points but you have to yeah it just i don't know it just doesn't i think it, I think it comes down 100%. to like yeah for you howell you know um it i think like you, the difference between you and matt is like you, you're on opposite ends of like a certain spectrum here of like what you what you enjoy in tea like the fact that matt likes transparent and and handmaid's tale a great deal like both of those, Matt. Would would I be right in saying that you are happier within a bleaker tone of a TV show? You 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 can sit within a a bleaker world setting to an extent, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But I, I mean, 
Yeah, Matt's I'll... just a happier person than me, despite his um, outlook. My, uh, and I'm a more miserable person. But then, you know... But, but I think, hang on, that... hang on. To um, answer Jamie's question a bit, I think that the best drama investigates um, the things that are problematic and difficult uh, and, fi- you know, finds interesting ways of showing those things to you and, uh, and makes you think about them. But yeah. I also have a huge place in my heart for silliness and um and and yeah and just you know action films and uh, like one of my favorite actors is tom cruise for christ's sake great actor i love his films so much yeah and, and i'm not saying that you don't have that within you i'm just saying like yeah. you have the ability to 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 sit in a world of bleakness and accept it and enjoy it longer than Howell would do, who's going to sort of look very quickly for that um, kernel of hope within that environment than you would. I would say I would say this that's is, where this you... is possible, but I would say this in my defence. I I would say that because I spent. So so many years directing drama being around drama all of that stuff i am uh, i i was obsessed with techniques of making sure that you could have really great quality but also look after the pace look after you know use tricks to to, to do that stuff and there's nothing that you just described i wouldn't say we're on different ends of any spectrum because everything that you just said about your taste from tom cruise to drama i am 100% I agree with it. And again, I really, really, really like The Handmaid's Tale. I just watch stuff and I go, sometimes drama Sometimes drama can get away with um, more than comedy can get away with. If you mess a comedy up, it is instantly noticeable within 1% missing the target. Right, You've got to hit the bullseye or it's just off. Drama, whenever I've seen it, can sometimes rely on your love of exploring those themes and the, the novel, <clears throat> the themes of the novel. It can rely on that stuff um, more. And and I think that Fargo doesn't rest on its laurels at any point. Whereas I think in Handmaid's Tale, it probably does for you know for the sake of 12 minutes of an episode that could be cut you know a, a little faster it's just a feeling that i have when i'm watching it that i go oh i'm i'm slightly ahead of this and it's not that it, i don't appreciate it is interesting that like uh I, when you talk about what you'd like matt and you talk about transparent and uh and um uh handmade sale actually fargo probably fits quite nicely yeah. into yeah. that world because it's very it is a bleak uh, not that I'm saying you're just completely bleak. I'm not. I'm, I know you've got many <laughs> different facets, and I'm saying I'm not saying either side is bad. By the way, of what what you know is it, taste. So what I'm saying is that yeah, Fargo actually fits nicely into that kind of slot of what you would exactly like. It's got brilliant like performances within this you know dark and twisted at times world, but there's also a, a great kind of clown comedic element to it as well yeah i don't yeah. i don't think in a million years you're going to watch fargo and not come back to me and go the performances in fargo you know because you and mcgregor's in it you're going to say the handmade tale handmade tale <laughs> runs a million miles but that said um 
it is for me. It's it's really not. I don't want to badmouth Animated Tale at all. It was a very academic, stupid, if you like, point that I was making about it. But I, uh, the reason I was making it was just to say this. Whatever issue I have with that, when I watch Fargo, I don't have it. And it's glorious. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm watching something that I wish I'd made, but I don't know how I'd do it. You know? Hammy's mm. Tale I watch and I go, yeah, me and Matt could make this. We could make this uh, if we wow, were given the time and the but yeah, with the t- <laughs> you be- think a lot of us because of the time and budget and actors and if if we were given the I couldn't s- make that. I would love to see Matt as the handmaid. <laughs> let's do a YouTube version. Oh my God, let's do a YouTube. Version. I'll direct it. Matt plays uh, the brilliant. main character, and we'll just do the sex scenes. I'll be the commander. <laughs> 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 and on no, that, no, no. let's leave it. Timing. This is this is turning into a long podcast. Um, so, Matthew, please watch it. Let us know. Let us know what yeah, you we'll think. See. Give it a go. I just think it's well up your street, right up. Yeah, there. it's like if you were on Amazon, Matt, and you just bought Handmaid's yeah. Tale, <laughs> and you just bought um, what's the other word? Uh, uh, transparent. It would yeah. say you also might like. Fargo season <laughs> okay. one, two, and three. Yeah, okay, bang in the middle. Good. Um, what? Yes, no answer. Do you generally like Coen Brothers stuff, Matt? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh well, you can love it then. That's it. Nail in the coffin. Done. Watch it. You'll love it. We'll see. Coen Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next week, Glow. We're talking about the gorgeous Glow. ladies of wrestling. As usual, if you want to email us, studio at theboxsetpod.com. I'd particularly like to hear from Mr. Wandler, Matthew's dad. That would be <laughs> Oh, please. Please get in touch. Let us know if you want. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It'll be in our YouTube version of Handmaid's Tale as well, Matthew's dad. 